Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. From Equitymates Media, this is The Dive, the podcast that asks, who said business news needs to be all business? I'm your host, Sasha Kelly. Sports is big business. That's something that we've covered over and over again here at The Dive. From lucrative TV rights deals to oil states funding rival leagues, it's kind of impossible to escape the headlines of the amount of money that's flowing into sport. And in Australia, this reaches a fever pitch. This weekend, as our two biggest domestic competitions, the AFL and the NRL, host their grand finals. So as Australia tunes in to see which team wins on the field, we wanted to have a look at the big winners off the field. It's Friday, the 29th of September, and today I want to know just how good a business is a grand final. To talk about this today, I'm joined by my colleague and the co-founder of Equity Mates. It's Alec Ranahan. Alec, welcome to The Dive. Sasha, good to be here. Now we've got a bumper edition today, so straight in. We've had a look for the different business stories surrounding this weekend, and there's really three that have stood out to us. There's a sports betting story and it's Australia. There's always a sports betting story to talk about. There's also a ticketing controversy and the numbers that stuck up behind that. And then finally, we're going to talk about the collective bargaining agreement for both sports. But first, Alec, for those of us who have maybe not been following the AFL and NRL all year, can you give me the headlines? Yeah, Sasha, grand final in both the AFL and the NRL, and it is the two best teams of the year meeting in both codes. There's no surprise entrance this year. In the AFL, we have the Collingwood Magpies who finished first against the Brisbane Lions who finished second. And in the Rugby League, we have the Penrith Panthers who finished first against the Brisbane Broncos who finished second. You know my hometown's Brisbane, Brisbane representation in both games, but... I live in Collingwood and my brother supports Penrith Panthers. So I'm kind of on the fence this weekend. I guess whoever wins, your family wins or they lose. My family might win, Alec, but they won't be the biggest winners from this weekend because grand finals are big money spinners for everyone involved. Mm, There is so much money sloshing around the economies this weekend and that's what we're going to unpack today. But to give you, I guess, a bit of a high-level view, the AFL Grand Final is held in Melbourne and in 2019, Nine News reported that Australians were expected to spend $48.5 million just to make their way to the ground, so just on flights and accommodation and travel. Uh, Last year, NAB had a look and found that Victorians were going to spend $294 million in restaurants and pubs on grand final weekend. It's big money. In Sydney, the NRL grand final is held. And last year, the Minister for Tourism at the time, Ben Franklin, estimated that 31,000 visitors made the trip to New South Wales to watch the grand final and that it injected $18 million into the New South Wales economy. 
Well, those are big numbers, Alec, but let's get into a story today, which really has some massive numbers behind it, really surprised me. And that is sports betting. Because, you know, in Australia, we unfortunately do have the title of being kind of home of gambling in a lot of ways. And most controversially, what most people wouldn't be aware of, I certainly wasn't, the AFL actually take a commission from bets on the AFL. Yeah, so sporting leagues, but let's zoom in on the AFL here, they make money from bookies in four different ways. First of all, direct sponsorship, the bookies sponsor the leagues. Secondly, the TV rights deals are a lot bigger because the bookies also sponsor the broadcast of the games. Thirdly, they make money from the ground signage. But then fourth, surprisingly, and certainly most controversially, they actually take a direct cut of bets made. And we wanted to start here because we thought it would be surprising for a lot of people. Yeah, It's not really spoken about by executives in any of the major codes, but at a parliamentary inquiry into online gambling and the harm of online gambling this year, the former AFL CEO, Gil McLaughlin, did acknowledge it. He said, quote, we have product fee arrangements with all the wagering operators where we get a percentage of their operations on the AFL. Now, The Age has taken a deep dive into this whole business and their reporting found that these deals are known as, quote, integrity arrangements. Now, that's a bit of Orwellian labelling for you right there. Yeah. What The Age reported was that for every dollar taken in by a corporate bookmaker, the AFL would receive 10 cents. So they're taking a 10% cut on any bet late. That's pretty high, Alec. It's massive. Yeah. Two sources that The Age spoke to put the number at between 30 and $40 million last year that the AFL took from taking a cut of these bets that Australians are making. To give you an idea of how these numbers all hang together, the AFL has a direct sponsorship relationship with Sportsbet. Like if you open the AFL app, you'll get fed the Sportsbet odds. Sportsbet pay $8 million a year for that. The age estimate that the ground signage, you know, like the ads that you see on the side of the field, the AFL make about one to three million from gambling companies for that. The product fees, the integrity arrangements, they make between 30 and 40 million dollars. So it's massive. And then the TV rights deals, Channel 7 pay about 150 million dollars a year for the right to broadcast the AFL. Uh, And the age estimate that Seven then earns about $47 million from gambling advertising. So there's a heap of money coming from bookies. But I think the 10% cut that the AFL take is particularly notable given uh, the recent controversy around, I guess, how the AFL advertise betting. There's an anonymous Twitter account, Track My Brown, uh, which has been tracking Nathan Brown's same game multis that he's advertising before every AFL game. The Twitter account has found that 85% of the time, these bets don't come off. They lose 85% of the time. And if you'd been putting 20 bucks on every recommended bet, you'd be down hundreds of dollars. And now we know that every one of those bets, winning or losing, the AFL would have taken a 10% cut. Yeah, I'm biting my tongue here, Alec. We're going to present that fact without any further commentary. But I've got to ask the follow-up. Is it just the AFL? It's not. The age reporting found that 
most major professional sporting organisations have a similar arrangement. The NRL does, according to their reporting, so does the Australian Open, the tennis, the NBL, the basketball, the A-League, and I'm sure other sporting organisations as well. Mm. And this weekend, interestingly, the pressure's on for the bookies because it could be, could be the biggest loss ever for Australian bookies. Yeah, that's right. If the Penrith Panthers win the rugby league, it may be the greatest collective payout since the advent of legalised sports betting in Australia 30 years ago. Wow. Uh, Now, this is from reporting from The Australian, but they've had a look at more than 100 of Australia's betting organisations. Side note, Australia has more than 100 betting organisations. And it looks like the bookies will be paying upwards of $50 million to Australian punters if the Penrith Panthers win. Now, Sasha, for context, if Brisbane win on Sunday, it'll be about $10 million if the Broncos win. Uh, So, you know, it's five times as much if Penrith win. A spokesperson for TAB uh, has come out and said, quote, if Penrith win the comp, it will be one of the worst results ever for bookmakers since betting was legalised in the country. And the spokesperson went on to say that the big payouts that the bookies do is around $20 million. And that's, you know, an AFL premiership. That's a football World Cup. So this $50 million potential payout is going to really hurt the bookies because it's sort of on a level that's unprecedented in Australia. Yeah, and there's one bookie in particular that, well, they're all shaking in their boots, but this one's particularly nervous. (laughs) Yes. Now, News Corp's bookie that they started late last year, Better, B-E-T-R, has been quite controversial. They had a bonus enticement offer when they launched. They offered 100 to 1 odds on a number of sports on some of the big horse races late last year. Mm. One of those was for the Penrith Panthers to win the grand final. You could bet on whoever you wanted to win the rugby league, up to $10. A lot of people bet on Penrith because they'd won the previous two years. Better have actually been fined for this advertising. They've been fined $210,000 for these inducements. Mm. Side note, I think $210,000 is pretty small change for a gambling operator. Yeah, it's like the size of a a pretty big marketing campaign, right? Yeah, especially one backed by News Corp. But anyway, the news is that Better are freaking out and freaking out is my editorial judgment, but (laughs) it's seeking to limit its damage. It has sent texts to people with the bet on the Panthers and offered them $500 today before the game's played if they cash out their bet because for better, it reduces their exposure from a potential $1,000 loss to a $500 loss. This isn't the first time that better have been concerned about their 100 to 1 inducement offer. When the Melbourne Cup was on late last year, better were going around town putting bets on with other bookies to reduce their exposure in case the favourite won. And it looks like, once again, better are freaking out because the favourite might win. Yeah, we did an episode on that last year. If you're curious about sports betting history for any reason, you can go find that in our feed. Alec, let's look to the second story now, and that's a kickoff about the number of tickets that are available in the MCG. I mean, 100,000... Feels like it would seat everyone comfortably, right? Yeah, not when Collingwood are playing. (laughs) True, good point. Well, to be fair, not when an AFL grand final is here, but when Collingwood are playing, the annual stoush over who gets tickets gets amplified. (laughs) When Eddie Maguire is out there (laughs) speaking about it, it gets picked up in the media. Yeah. And I think 
AFL ticketing uh, is a real, it's the example where the intersection between sport and business is most clear. So for starters, the grand final is a really profitable event for the AFL. No surprises there. In 2016, the Herald Sun reported that the AFL made a $19 million profit on grand final day. So after all of their costs of putting on the event, they walked away with $19 million. Pretty good for one day's work. Mm. And a lot of that profit comes from the high ticket prices. In 2016, so they would have gone up from there, but in 2016, corporate tickets sold for as much as $2,640 and the cheapest tickets were $950. It is literally the hottest ticket in town. Yeah. Now, AFL clubs will sell memberships that guarantee people grand final tickets and uh, Collingwood sell those memberships for almost $1,000. But the controversy kicked off this week when a number of people who pay for these $1,000 memberships didn't get grand final tickets or didn't get seats. They got standing room only um, and still people missed out. So it was controversial. The chief executive of Collingwood, Craig Kelly, has come out and said that the club's allocation was far from enough. Eddie Maguire, who was the president of Collingwood for 22 years, has said we need to start calling the grand final what it is, a major revenue raiser for the AFL. So we wanted to have a look at the numbers behind it, Sasha. So the MCG has 100,000 seats. That's a nice round number for us to work with. Makes the percentages pretty easy. Each team gets 17,000 tickets for their members. So that's about 17% of the ground for each team. By comparison, the AFL's corporate clients and their contractual obligations get up to 30,000 seats. So about a third of the ground, 30%. And that's why the AFL clubs every year feel like their members are being shortchanged. For comparison, the FA Cup final at Wembley Stadium in the UK, 90,000 seat capacity, 60,000 of those seats are reserved for fans. So, I mean, Collingwood would argue, I'd probably argue as well, that we get the balance wrong. The AFL would argue there's a lot of sponsors they've got to keep happy. Yeah, well, regardless, it shows that the demand is there. I mean, Alf, one of our colleagues, sent a photo round to our Equinimates chat last night of people already camped outside the MCG. Yeah, it's wild. So, Alec, the takeaway here is that there's a lot of money to be made out of sports. What a surprise, but it's good getting down into the details of the numbers. I guess the question now is how does that flow to the players, especially when both of these codes have been in the middle of a collective bargaining agreement stoush earlier in the year? We're going to talk about that after the break. 
Welcome back to The Dive. Today, we're talking about the business of the AFL and the NRL on the eve of the grand finals. Alec, we've been talking about all of the money that is up for grabs. Do the players see any of that? Well, I mean, I imagine they see some of it, but how much of it is really what I'm trying to get to. Yeah, so the players do see some of it. They see less than half of the revenue, though. Um, The AFL, the number is about 31% under the new collective bargaining agreement. The NRL, I couldn't actually find what their total revenue was, but I found an older article from an old collective bargaining agreement where the NRL players just got 19% of the total revenue. So let's hope it's gone up from there because, and Sasha, I might be alone on this hill, but I think (laughs) players are severely underpaid. For the, for the value that they generate, they should be paid more. And mm, people mm. often think that players get paid way too much, but I'm never in that camp. Well, I'm here right now to hear your arguments for that. So how does it break down? Well, let's start with how much they make this weekend. So let's start with the NRL grand final. The winners, the premiers, will make a million dollars as a prize that's shared between the players and the club. The loser gets $400,000 again, shared between the players and the club. The winner of the regular season, the top of the table, minor premiers, make $200,000. So that's a pretty hefty bonus. On the AFL, the numbers are a little bit higher. $1.2 million for the winner, $660,000 for the runner-up. Okay, so huge money, but still only a fraction of the profit, especially that the AFL made. And that was a big question hanging over the season for both the NRL and the AFL, which was that both codes were renegotiating their pay deals with their players. Yeah, that's right. Now, for context, the way that these negotiations work is that the league's executive, like the sporting league itself, negotiates with a player union who represents all the players. And together Mm -hmm. they negotiate a collective bargaining agreement, which you know, determines how much of the total revenue in the game goes to the players and a whole bunch of other parameters and programs and and everything else. And the negotiations were tough this year. The AFL threatened player action. The NRL actually got to player action where rather than striking and not playing games, they just boycotted all media commitments. So they weren't speaking to the media for a while, but we did get results. So in the past two months, both the NRL and the AFL agreed to deals and both these deals kind of show us how quickly these codes are growing. Can we start chronologically and start with the NRL and what they agreed to? Yeah. So in August, the two sides came to an agreement. Their players will be paid an unprecedented $1.347 billion uh, between 2023 and 2025. So in that five years, they'll get about $1.3 billion, which is 37% higher than the 2018 to 2022 collective bargaining agreement. So like that's a real indication of the money flowing into the game that there's been a mm-hmm. 40% pay rise. For the men's, the average NRL player's salary will rise from 339000 to $401,000 and the minimum will increase from $120,000 to $140,000 in 2027. For the women, the average NRLW player's wage will go from 37500 to 63250 by 2027. 
All right. And so what are we looking at at the AFL? Yeah, so uh, the players and the league reached an agreement earlier this month. The package is worth $2.26 billion. The AFLW players will get an immediate 29% pay rise and AFL players will get an immediate 10% pay rise. For the male AFL players, their average wage will increase from $387,000 this year to $519,000 by 2027. It's a good pay rise. Yeah. For the women, the average AFLW player's wage will increase from $46,000 to $82,000 by 2027. Now, obviously, the women's numbers are smaller than the men's numbers. The really pleasing thing with those numbers, though, is that we're getting to the level where you can give up the part-time job, where the women in both leagues can be full professionals rather than having to maintain a part-time job and play high-level sport as well. Yeah, and that's going to make a real difference in terms of the personal investment they can make in their own health and fitness. Well, Alec, a really fascinating one today. Let's leave it there for today. Really interesting to see how the Equity Mates community is split. I posted something in the Equity Mates Facebook discussion group yesterday. It looks like the Lions are the favorites amongst our community, but come and tell us if you're a Magpies supporter, leave a comment wherever you're listening right now. Alec, let's leave it there for today. Thanks, Sasha. I'll be back in your feeds next week. You have been listening to an Equity Mates Media production. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equity Mates Media acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. This podcast is intended for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general advice only and has not taken into account your personal financial circumstances, needs or objectives. Before acting on general advice, you should consider if it is relevant to your needs and read the relevant product disclosure statement. And if you're unsure, please speak to a financial professional. The hosts of this podcast and their guests may have positions in the companies mentioned. Equitymates Media operates under an Australian Financial Services Licence 540697. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.